Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators you know what marriage does for you marriage is a mirror it's going to show you yourself right because you'll get into a marriage and you think you're you're one way you'll think that you do this you'll think that you know that you're not the the issue with this and then you're going to get married you say why is this person nagging me all the time well how about this Maybe they see things about you that you don't see. Maybe they're right. That's impossible. Let me tell you what I believe. But your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. Know you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast, because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm looking to cross at a man who will never have a street named after him because no one would dare cross it. That's right, friends. The <laughs> former Navy SEAL. <laughs> Garrett Unklebach, a man whom you don't want to be on the wrong side of. That's top five for me. That's a good one. Oh, I'm glad you That's enjoyed it. One. And once again, thanks for your unwanted feedback on this. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's why God put me in your life, Nick, for unwanted feedback. <laughs> I hope he put you in there for more than that, but whatever. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Right. Today's I mean, I have recently given you some criticism. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> you wanted to bring this up public, huh? I oh, DM'd, we don't have to. I'm just bringing up the point that I gave you some criticism. You know what the you worst one? Yeah, I DM'd Garrett criticized from the episode from a few weeks back where he said, DM me, criticize. And he, so, of course, he responded. And criticism is different than roasting, right? This isn't right. just like, you know, make fun of your friend. This is criticism should be on some level constructive. It's oftentimes served in the wrong way but it should be at, at some level constructive whereas i just feel like you roast me constantly anyways yeah uh, different. yeah that's different oh well in this case he did say something and what i hate is i want to get better right and i i do trust garrett so i thought about what he criticized me on and i was like dang i think there's actually some merit to that and so it was actually a really uh 
The worst part was I had to tell him that because you know it's only going to further inflate his sense of a criticism. Yeah, he just he DM'd me criticized, and I just thought about it for a second and just blasted <laughs> just a text back. Just went at me. It was great. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by the Mission Ready Mindset email. It's not really sponsored. That's our own email, but I thought it sounded better that way. What is Mission Ready Mindset email, G? If you listen to this podcast, you know that Garrett uh, has a lot of wisdom to offer, and, and you have the benefit of a man who's been trained at the highest level by the military, over $25 million in training there, not to mention brought up in an elite environment with Pastor Keith Kraft. So dude has a lot to, to offer. Once a week, we send an email out just to be a blessing to people and help you grow in your thinking that focuses and encourages you to expand your thinking in the areas of purpose, belief, and discipline. And it's powerful. So if you want to have something to get you going the right way on, on a Monday morning, sign up for the Mission Ready Mindset email. You can hit the link in our show notes. You can find us on social media and all the good stuff. So there it's you go. free. But when you go and put your email in and you, and you click subscribe, I want you to think about, right, and, and I want you to think about this because we actually want to help you. I want you to think about when you hit subscribe that you're making a contract with yourself to read it when you mm. receive that email. Don't do treat this like you treat other stuff. And you're like, oh, sure, I'll get that newsletter and just let it roll. And you click on it and you look at it for three seconds. If you're actually going to subscribe, I would just encourage you to actually do it and, and read it because it can help you. And uh, I want it to help you. And you don't want to cross them, okay? Like Andrew <laughs> said, this could be the first ever 100% open rate email <laughs> ever sent out. Um, just kidding. Okay, so today's episode is the second part in our four-part series, G. If you've not listened to last week, I'm for the first time ever, I'm just going to fully say stop and don't listen to this episode until you listen to last week's because we're doing a four-part uh, four series on leadership. And right. last week's was about leading yourself. Today, we're talking about leading in your marriage, okay? So men, we're talking to you. If you're a man and you're married, this is for you. If you're a man and you've ever seen a marriage, this is for you. If you want to get married one day, this is for you. Like, listen up. So, shocking stat of the day, G, and I didn't know this. Uh, how long have you been married? Been married for, it'll be seven years this year. Right, okay. So, guess what, Garrett? Congratulations. You're about to have an above-average marriage because the average Where's marriage, my trophy? Uh, yeah, it's in the mail. The <laughs> average marriage in America, and this is actually really sad, lasts between seven and eight years. And there's a 50% divorce rate. That's awful. Dude, that's crazy. Seven, Like, think about that. Seven and a half years is the average marriage. Seven and, and out. And we have 360 million people in this country, right? That's insane. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that's wrong with marriage. And with, with, make, a, make a covenant, you know, with God in front of everyone I know, and seven years later, you quit on it. Yeah, but people won't look at it like that. No, they don't. By the way... Um, I've, I've talked to my wife about this and she shares my views. This is like totally a side point, but I think sometimes people appreciate these or they appreciate what, what bothers me. You know, what bothers me, <laughs> um, when people, I hear people's marriage vows and these aren't really the ones that like I'm sitting there listening to more. So like you see some of this stuff on Instagram right? and people treat their marriage vows like they wrote their own vows, but they're like silly. Right. Or it's like a joke. Right. Like that bothers me because I, the marriage is one of the most important things you'll do in your life. Yeah. And it is a covenant before God and people will get up there and treat it like it's like my priority at, at the altar is that the audience laughs. Like yeah. you're missing it. Yeah. And the, 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 the bad thing now is that because of like, because it is not taken so seriously. I mean, it's like, oh, you get a prenup, and, like, you know, hopefully it works. Heading into that, we're actually seeing, you discovered this. You were the one that told me about this. We're seeing less people get married now, which yep. isn't surprising, but I was actually surprised so how sharp just, it's dropped. Just in a short amount of time back. In 2015, 50% of Americans were married. And now, uh, or as in 2022, 45, down to 45% 
of Americans are married. So Jeez. less than that's crazy, man. Less than half of people are now married. And I don't I don't know. I'm going to go back and look, but Nick and I were talking about it. I bet you back in like the 60s oh, and yeah. 70s, it was way over 50%. Yeah. Oh, I would yeah, I would think if you went back in the 40s and 50s, I would guess that number would probably be around 70. I, I think there's so 80. many people now that have just had uh you know, there's people from our uh, age group, the millennials that they grew up with parents that were married for 25 years, but for 20 of those years, they hated each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And they, they witnessed a very poor marriage and they think I want no part of that. Right. So fewer people are getting married today and that's because it wasn't modeled well for them. Yeah. Now, and that's leads perfectly actually into one of the requirements for you to have a, a good marriage. Now we talked about if you cannot lead yourself well, you will not lead your marriage well. So I just want to stress that again because it's so important. So many people are like having problems in their marriage and they don't know the source of it. And they're like, they're looking at their partner and they're not realizing you're not even starting with yourself leading well. But what you talked about right there with models, you don't really need to have a vision for self-leadership, right? G, I mean, you said like they tell you all the time in SEALs, all you got to do is just turn up and do what you're told. So right, just show up, do what you're told, be there on time with the right gear, with the right equipment. Um, and you'll make it through buds, gentlemen. It's that easy. That easy. But it's not easy. Right. It's simple to explain. It's not easy to do. Much like self-leadership. Right. So, right. And so that was self-leadership. Hey, just lead yourself. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's that easy. All right, great. But, but for marriage, one of the requirements, and you talked about people having poor models, you have to have a vision for your marriage. And right. if, you, if you're like going, okay, that's kind of a big thing. I don't know what you mean. You touched on it. Have a model. Look around. Whose marriage do you admire at yeah. the very least? And what about it do you admire? If you don't have a great model, I would imagine your vision doesn't go f- very far beyond not get divorced. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. Or, or that your vision for your marriage, and this is a wrong vision, by the way, uh, that your vision for your marriage is that you would just both be happy. Yeah. Oh, man. Jeez. So how many people have gone off the rails just trying to be happy? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's a whole nother podcast that we'll put a pin in for. But yeah, so you have to have vision. And here's the second thing, men, you have to have respect. And what, what, what do you have to do to have respect? G? You have to give people something to respect. Lead yourself, man. I can't, I'm certainly not a marriage expert. Uh, Lindsay and I will have been married for, uh, seven years this year. Um, I don't really counsel people in their marriages. Uh, even though some people do request that of me, what I do do is help men in leading themselves. Yeah. Because this, and this is a biblical model. If you can lead yourself well, you're going to be able to lead a marriage well. And when men start talking to me about their marriage, what I'm going to do, and this is what's great for them, by the way, and their wives really appreciate it, is they start telling me all the things that are wrong with their marriage. And I start, start telling them all the things that they're doing wrong. Hmm. Right. Now the stuff you're, oh, and they'll tell me, you know, my wife's doing this. That's great. Here's what you need to do. Right. Not here's yeah. what, not here's what you need to go tell her to do. And there's a reason I don't like to coach couples, right? Because I would much rather just tell the man, here's what you need to do. Mm. Yeah. That's um, good. G. And, and that's, but what you talked about right there, like that is the default thinking in marriage, right? Yeah. Is it's like, like, well, default thinking is like, I do 50%, you do 50%. Yeah. And you know what that translates into? Um, and this is, again, this is just some of the way that I do things. Not everyone does it this way, but, um, that 50, 50 philosophy is what that translates into for a lot of couples, uh, is keeping score, yes, right? You time. do this stuff. I do this stuff, right? And if you don't do that, I'm watching you, right? And if you don't do it, I'm going to, I'm going to keep score. I'm going to keep track of that. And you need to make up for that. Yeah. Versus the right way to, to be in a marriage is that I like, even if they did nothing, I would do everything that I could. Mm. Right. And that's not a great marriage, but you don't, sometimes stuff happens, 
right? Like what if someone gets sick or injured or things Mm -hmm. like that? You need to be willing to do whatever it takes in a marriage for a marriage to to lead. And that's not just a Navy SEALs opinion. That actually comes from the word of God. So for those of you who are not followers of the word of God, um, just take it from some very wise words. And for those of you who are, whether you've read this scripture or not, this one hits me hard every single time. This is Ephesians 5. All right, Ephesians 5, verse 22. And, uh, man, you're going to love where I start on this one. Men love this part they of the do. scripture, yeah. right? And, uh, and this, this scripture gets taken out of context so much. Ephesians five twenty two, For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Right? Yeah, let's go. That's what you yeah. hear. Yeah, that's what you that's, See, woman. you yeah. need to do what I said. Right? Wives should submit to their husbands. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so your wives should submit to your husbands in everything, right? And men love that part, and they'll tell their wives, you're not submitting to me. You should be submitting to me. And you know what? I see that in relationships, and I see where it's very much a challenge, Mm -hmm. right? And women don't want to submit to their husbands because they don't respect their husbands, right? And again, that comes back to them, right? Your wife doesn't want to submit to you because you're a freaking knucklehead, right? If you're having to force your wife to submit... Go look in the mirror and ask why. Yeah, why Why is it not easy for your wife? Why does your wife not look at you and say like, honey, I have so much respect for you. What yeah. do you think we should do in this situation? Yeah. But instead, your wife treats you like you're her little boy. Like, I mean, you know what my wife would never say about me? Because I hear women say it all the time. Like, I, you know, you have two children, but you, she says, we have three kids, yeah. right? It's my two children and my husband. Yeah. Right? One, women, you shouldn't, whether your husband acts like a baby or not, don't say that. Because it's very disrespectful of your husband, right? And let me just coach some women really quick, real quick, which is not something I normally do. But coach your husband up, right? Mm. Even if he's not being who he's supposed to be, treat him like who he's supposed to be. You're certainly never going to get the best out of someone. And this is just a principle of coaching. You're certainly never going to get the best out of somebody by treating them how they are. Mm. Treat them how you want them to be. Treat them like what they're capable of being, Yeah. right? And so let me jump back to the men here for a second. Yeah. Okay. Men are feeling pretty good right oh, now. Oh yeah. Men are men are feeling pretty good, except for those of you who are the, the third child uh, in your marriage. Buckle up here, fellas. Here's what it says. This is Ephesians five twenty five. Right. So just before this, it said, Women submit to your husbands and everything. And women you should. You should submit to your husbands and everything. But here's what it says for the men. Yeah. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ love the church. Do you know what that means to love your wife the way Christ loved the church? Let me explain that to you. Christ loved the church so much, right? Christ loved us so much. And it's, it, well, and it's, it's John three sixteen. for God so loved mm-hmm. the world that he gave yeah. his only son, right? Why did Christ come to the earth? What is this way that Christ loves the church? He loves him so much that he's going to do whatever it takes for relationship to happen, including die. Yeah. Right? If you understand the story of how God moved on the earth and you understand what it took for Christ to come, it started with relationship in the very beginning with Adam and Eve and God. And then there were issues and God continues to give instruction. God continues to try to make a way for great relationship to happen. And over thousands of years, we try different things and we try different things and God says it's not working, Mm. right? And he sends his son and his son pays the ultimate price. So, and what in doing that, what he's saying is I'm willing to do whatever it takes. You guys made all the mistakes, not me. 
You sinned, not me, but I'm going to do whatever it takes, including give my life for this relationship to happen. That's what it says of men. It doesn't say for women to do that. It says women should submit to their husbands. Men, the way that you need to so you the way that you need to love your wife is the way that Christ loved the church. It is not about you. God has given you a wife to lead and to steward, and you need to do everything that you can to love her and to serve her and to have an incredible marriage that honors God. And that means you being willing to sacrifice whatever it takes. Whether your wife respects you or not, whether you're worthy of respect or not, you need to say I'm the one that can make this work. And that's why this all starts with self-leadership. And if you'll be really good at leading yourself, marriage isn't that hard. But if you don't lead yourself well, marriage is going to be a beat down. Yeah, man, that is so well said, G. That standard, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that he starts with wives submit to your husbands. How, how much easier do you think it would be to, for someone to truly be like, hey, I'm going to follow you if you're loving them the way you described yeah. I mean, truthfully, that, that is an attitude that says no matter what you do, I'm, I'm going to do everything that it takes to make sure that we can have a relationship. That's, I mean, man, that's a high standard. That is a high, high standards. Um, so I got a question for you, man. Obviously, we're going we're gonna to dive into some of the, the beliefs and the thought processes behind it, and I want to share a little story from my own life about this, that's similar to what you just said. So many times, man, you see this all the time. You see these guys who are super successful in business, right? And they're like, even sometimes great leaders. You know, you're like, wow, these guys are really good leaders. And you hear a keynote speech, you're like, dang, that guy is amazing. And then you find out that he can't make it work in marriage. And that's that's confusing. Like, why do you think that is? Yeah, well, first off, I would say um, there's a lot of different definitions of success. Yeah, true. Right, success can be like leadership and that has a lot of different definitions. And for some people, success is money. Right. To, to me, the definition of success is that you produce fruit in yeah. your life. Right. And so you maybe you can uh, lead a business in that way. You want you figured out how to be successful and make a business produce fruit. And your question is, why is it that men are able to do that, make a business produce fruit, able to lead people? And, and, and there's a lot of caveats to that. Right. Because there's guys who are successful in business, but no one who works for them likes them or that's respects true. them. Yeah, that's true. Right. It's one it's it is a uh, it is a skill. Um and understanding of the market and a few other things to create a money machine. Yeah. Right. And you can also like get into real estate and do a lot of passive stuff by yourself and make a lot of money. That's true. Yeah. Um, and not create a leadership organization. But let's even go to like the minute category of guys who can create a leadership organization where they're loved, respected, revered as a leader, but then their marriage still fails. Yeah. Let's answer that question. The reason that men can do that is and, and they still fail at marriage is one of two things. One, they don't really value their marriage mm. or they just haven't had a right picture of what marriage looks like. Mm. Right. You go you go talk to those guys who have had a failed marriage, but they're very successful in business. It would be the small, small, small minority of those people that they would say they're extremely successful in business. Their people uh, in their organization love and respect them. And those people had uh, have parents who are happily and successfully married. It would be the small, small, small minority. The reason that people have horrible marriages today is because no one's teaching them how to do it. Mm. There, there are poor models. And, this, and we'll get into this a little bit in the next podcast uh, or in the next episode. But this, this gets to one of the biggest problems in America today, right, is the failing family. Yeah. Why is the family failing today? Because America does not understand what a multi-generational family looks like, mm. right? Yeah, you have good. people think a family is me and my wife bought a house and our kids live in that family together and live in that house together. That is not a family, right? Mm. Families are intended to be multi-generational where you have someone ahead of you who's leading the way, 
Mm. Right. But that's not the way marriages work today. You watch people on Instagram for a marriage model. Oh, man. That's that's not a marriage model. Yeah. Right. And so to answer your question so that we can move on, the reason that people fail uh, can be successful in business, but they fail in marriage is they don't understand the value of their marriage and how important that person is. Mm. They look at that person as disposable. They don't look at that person as God's gift to them and one of the greatest blessings in your life. And like this is also, and, and this is the way that I, let me tell you how I view my marriage. I think I'm going to do a lot of great and successful and meaningful things on the earth. But the most meaningful thing that I'm going to do on the earth starts with my marriage because what my, what my marriage leads to is me having great children. And if I'm going to do anything on the earth that is still meaningful a thousand years from now, it won't be because of a business that I started. It'll be because of the children that I raised and that, and that legacy of a way of thinking, not the legacy of a business in which I was the cornerstone. Mm, that's good, G. Man, that's really good. So short, short, too long, didn't read, short answer. That's okay. People don't have a good model. That's yeah. why. No, I appreciate that. All right. Well, I want to uh, I want to go back to what we talked about, the default mode of, like you said, it's 50-50. You're looking to what you get out of it as well as what you give, and you're keeping score. So uh, this is a story I'm going to share from my own life. Um, and I share, I share this just because I'm hoping that it helps some of you guys to see. It's not something I'm super proud of. So I've been married for 17 years, man. I am way above average on the marriage, on the marriage chain. Uh, I have not led myself well for a large chunk of that, truthfully. Yeah, and this is, uh, I'm actually, we've talked about this, but I'm also excited about this story because Lindsay and I love you and Lindsay and I have respect for you guys and your marriage, but I know that Rian did not always respect you. No. And, and I, I didn't I didn't know you then, but I can I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's that's a fair statement to say she didn't respect me. And truthfully, she didn't, I didn't give her anything to respect, yeah. so I totally own that. So uh, years back, one of the reasons you'll hear me talk about cognitive behavioral framework is because I have taken cognitive behavioral therapy. I saw a therapist, uh, you know, years back and being honest, when I went in that office, one of the questions that I, I had at the center was I just had this dissatisfaction in my marriage. I didn't feel connected to my wife. Uh, I just, I didn't feel that spark. And I just, I don't know. I just was sitting there going, did I marry the wrong person? Like truthfully, I was asking the question like, Hey, maybe this just isn't, you know, this isn't going to last. And so when I went in there, I, I truthfully had an open question. I, I said, hey, I want to see if I, you know, what's going on in my marriage? Am, am I in something that I shouldn't be? And he was like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I just want to know the answer. I was like, I'm open-minded about it. And that's a kind of a crazy answer. But like I went in because I didn't want to be predisposed to something. Little did I know what was about to come. So this guy was incredibly skilled. And I will say I was not following God at this time. I'm, I'm glad you found a good person to help you answer that question so because there's a lot of people that'll help you answer that question the wrong way. I completely agree. And this, and I will say this guy wasn't a Christian. I was not serving God at all either. So this was just a guy being skilled at his craft. And so I'll tell you what happened. I started talking about the different ways we weren't connected and the things that I wish we would have had that we would have that we don't and all these things. And I was expecting him to like, give me something that I would take back to, to my wife and be like, Hey, like, here's, here's what you need to do. And I'm going to do this. And you know, maybe we'll, we need to go to couples therapy. I thought, I thought that's what was going to go. Well, let me tell you, it only took me six or seven weeks with this guy to make massive shifts in my life because he gave me a framework in cognitive behavioral therapy that made sense of things. Uh, and I, I've gone through it before. You can look it up yourself. I'm not going to go through it now. But what he also did was by addressing a lot of poor core beliefs that were driving my behavior, suddenly I started changing the way I acted on a lot of things because he exposed some things in me that were thinking that was you know very limiting. It was uh, self-sabotaging and lots of things that were going on. So here's what happened. Over the course of seven to 12 weeks, I went through this whole thing, felt that I was, you know, after seven weeks, I was like, I think I've got what I wanted. I don't think we need to go through anything more. And what happened? 
suddenly I started leading myself a lot better. My wife and I strangely found this connection again. We started going out on, on dates, having a lot of fun again. I started feeling like this was like the closest person in the world to me. I started seeing her through those like lovey-dovey eyes and just loving being around her. We, we then, uh, in the course of time, moved to Texas, which was also a, a huge life changer. So this was not like many, many years ago. Um, and the whole thing changed. And I remember I had this thought. I sat there and I was like, man, I look at my wife. I feel completely different about her. Mm-hmm. Like I feel so in love with my wife. And, you know, I, I, man, I think about all the things I love about her and she's just like glowing to me. And I started thinking, I was like, she's the exact same person before she was before I went in there. And I realized all the problems, all the problems to my marriage, the way I viewed her, how I didn't think that she, we were connected, how I, I thought we had different interests and we were too different. And all these like stories that I would tell me, guess what, guess what happened? I got better and then my marriage got better. And I can say to you now, like years after, my marriage has never been better. It's 17 coming up on 18 years of my wife. My wife is my favorite person. I'm so in love with her. I do believe that you can still have that crazy spark the whole time because we do. And it's just like, it's so different, but it's all this. I'm highlighting this because of what you said. I'm fortunate that I have parents that have been married for a long time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I do have something positive to look at there, but I was not leading myself well. I was not giving her something to respect. So she didn't. And so as a result, our marriage was it's not gonna going to be great. real hard if you don't lead yourself. 100%. And you, and you said you're the, the counselor exposed a lot of things yes. about you. Yeah. Right. And he helped you realize that you're the problem. Yep. You know what marriage does for you? Marriage is a mirror. Yes. It's going to show you yourself. Yeah. Right. Cause you'll get into a marriage and you think you're, you're one way. You'll think that you do this. You'll think that, you know, that you're not the, the issue with this. And then you're going to get married and you say, why is this person nagging me all the time? Yeah. Well, how about this? Maybe they see things about you that you don't see. Yes. Maybe they're right, right? Hmm. Maybe you should say, why don't I be so great in this marriage that like, what What if, okay, let me talk to some men for a second. What if you have a nagging wife? Why don't you be so awesome that your wife has nothing to nag about? That's a different standard. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you'll realize that she's not the problem. Yeah. So men, I think you're, you're catching what we're putting down. And if you're not, you haven't been paying attention. So slap yourself and wake up. Let let me say it real clear before we move on. If your marriage sucks, it's because of you, man. If you, if you want a better marriage, you're going to be the one that can fix it. But if your marriage sucks, it is 100% on you. Doesn't get much more black and white than that. So we want to go in like we did, like we're doing in these. We're always talking about the core belief that you need to have to drive the thought process that's going to then give meaning to the the situations that you're in in this particular area so that you can start changing some actions. So that may sound complicated, but it's not. So here's the belief, and it's you just heard Garrett say, if your marriage sucks, it's 100% on you. So here's the belief that you need to have. If it's going to be, it's up to me. You need to believe that about yourself. Yeah. You need to believe that if I will change, other things in my life can change. That I can be the one, regardless of you can't control your marriage. Yeah. Right? And this this is a leadership principle, right? I, I teach on this when I work with teams who are struggling because they're unmotivated, right? Uh, I'll have a, a leader who will bring me in and he's saying, hey, I want you to help motivate my team, right? Yeah. And, and what I'll actually end up doing is spending a lot of time with that leader, helping <laughs> expose him to himself, right? Here's the, the areas that you need to grow as a leader. But I will also address the team because that's what they're paying me to be there for. Right. right? I'll, I'll help the leader for free. But <laughs> what, I, what I talk to the team about is a lot of people do this because I experienced this. I've walked through this. 
that I'll ask people uh, in a session, a, a group session of everybody, and we're just talking, you know, and, and talk to people about why they don't give their 100% effort. And one of the reasons that people don't give their 100% effort is because they believe that the people around them won't give theirs. Mm. So right, why would I give my best if nobody else will? And that is a wrong way of thinking. Mm. And right, so instead of a- addressing work ethic, what I address is the way of thinking. If you'll realize the opposite is true, what if I give my 100% Maybe I could inspire other people to do the same, right? And that's the only thing that you can change. You are helpless if you predecide that no one, the other people in this group won't give their hundred percent and I'm, I'm not going to either. You have doomed yourself to fail. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you become a different type of person and say, because I'm here, things can be different. I love that. Right. So what if I give 100%, right? And so I'm saying this to say, bring this way of thinking to your marriage, you may, you may be 100% sure you have a spouse that is checked out, right? You may be 100% sure that you have a spouse that's not giving 100%. Your only opportunity to change them is to inspire them to change, to inspire them to see what a better marriage could look like. And it starts with what you can do. Yep. What if I row so hard that my partner says, well, man, maybe I should, maybe I can get in on this. Yeah. Maybe this could be great, right? And don't row like a martyr either. Don't row like, hey, you see how hard I'm rowing? You see what I'm doing? Why don't you row just out of love? Why don't you row out of service and say, like, I believe in this, right? Like, I'm going to row really hard because I believe in this ship. I believe in where we can go, right? And bring some vision into your marriage and back it up with your character and work ethic. Yeah, I love that, man. That belief, if it's going to be as up to me, is exactly what we talked about. Remember, guys, your standard for how you behave in your marriage is Jesus. So, it, it's like, true. It doesn't get any higher than that. Like, like, like you said, God pursued for thousands of years before he sent his son. And like, to the point you just gave about, about what would you do? Like, what if it was, oh, well, I don't want to die. You know, there is a level of pain I'm not willing to go to. That was never the example. It was always like, hey, even to the point of death on a cross, I will give myself if that's what it takes. So there's your standard. It's going to be, it's up to me. What's the thought process? So that's G? the belief, right? Yeah. The belief is if it's going to be, it's up to me. But then the thought, here's the thought. And this is really a life thought for me. Mm. This is Luke twelve forty eight, by the way, and this is a, a life scripture for me. And that's this: to whom much is given, much is required. Right? Some people think that's uh, Uncle Ben from Spider Man. With <laughs> yeah. great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Right. And and that's a true statement. Right. But to whom much is given, much is required. Mm. I know that I've been given so much in my life. I'm incredibly blessed. I have wonderful. Anyone who knows my parents is like, man, your parents are awesome. They are. And and I'm like, you're right. And I'm very blessed. And I'm also blessed to have people like Pastor Keith and Sheila in my life who are a second set of parents to me. I've been raised around multiple great marriages, great relationships. I can't think of any area in my life where I'm poor. Mm. Right. I can't. I can't. And I'm not a a billionaire trust fund child, and I'm actually really glad that I'm not, right? Because God has given me everything that I need to go out and live a great life. And I see the incredible privileges that I have. And the word says to whom much is given, much is required. And so what I see of myself is all these incredible things that I've been given and the return that I need to make Mm, on them. I love that. Right? So whether you've been given little or whether you've been given much, you're called to make a return on that. Yeah. And so bring that thought process into your marriage. Instead of thinking like, what can I get out of this marriage? You need to think, what can I give to this Mm, marriage? That's good. Right? And my spouse, Lindsay, is so wonderful and does so many things for me. And is just an incredible lover and friend. 
but what but what I also get the opportunity to lead her in things yeah. right I get the opportunity to give some things to her of the things that were given to me right I've gotten to give her some ways of thinking I've gotten to give her some ways of being that have blessed her right and I and and what I got out of that I got blessed by some things that she gave me back but it started with what can I give mm-hmm. in this relationship yeah. to whom much is given much is required yeah and and when you think about that as a man that your wife is actually something someone that's been given to you oh man like that's a that's a big responsibility. Truthfully, it is. And like you said, it's if you want to be a good steward, then you need to multiply that, which means that you have to serve her, love her, help her become the best she can be, and give her whatever she needs to do that. Like that's a big responsibility. And and understand that it's stewardship. Right? Yeah. She doesn't belong to you, but Correct. she's been given to you Correct. to care for. Yeah. She's God's right. Yeah. That's that is what stewardship in the Bible is. It's the parable of the talents. Yeah. Right. And we won't get into it. We've gotten into it on this podcast before. But Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like this. A master goes away on a long journey and he goes to his servants and he gives him things that belong to the master. Yeah. Right? And he says, Go produce something with this. Yeah. Right. And that's that's what stewardship is. It's something that doesn't belong to you, but it's been given to you to care for and to produce something with it. Yeah, I love that. So if you have that belief and that thought process, here's the meaning that you're going to apply. What what is not going to happen ever is that everything's just going to be easy and your marriage will just be rosy. There'll never be challenges and there'll never be things that you think could uh, that are lacking or or have thoughts of, hey, I wish it was like this. So here's what the meaning that you apply now. When something is lacking in your marriage, instead of being like, oh, I wish you would do this or like, you know, wondering what, what needs to happen, it's now an opportunity for you to do exactly what we talked about. To whom much is given, much is required. If it's going to be, it's up to me. If something's lacking, it's your opportunity to grow it. And it can be, instead of being something that's annoying, it can now be something that's like, okay, like right now we're, we're lacking romance. It's going to be, it's up to me. Man, right now, I don't think my wife is really respecting me. It's going to be, it's up to me. I'm going to show her so much respect and love and I'm going to lead myself. You know what I mean? Like that's a different sort of way to look at, at challenges and, and problems is now this is an opportunity. Absolutely. So where, where we go from here, we go from belief to thought to meaning yes. to action. Here's what, here's what these beliefs, thoughts, and meanings should convert to for you is that you should change. Not that you're looking at her to change, but that you should change. Yes. You should be like, again, if you, the reason you have a nagging wife, right? If they, if you feel like you do is because you're not acting, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You need to be the one from after these be- beliefs and thoughts and sense of meaning in your life or change that you act, not that you send her this podcast and say, Hey, you need to listen to this because you need to change, right? Why don't you take it upon yourself and you change? And what that change should look like is you're going to serve first, right? Yeah. Serve her. Don't say, Hey, you need to serve me because that's what I want. And I do these things, right? No, you serve first. Pastor Keith uh, taught me this and I heard my parents uh, say it a lot too. If you want to have a great marriage, be quick to forgive and quick to apologize, mm. right? And he gave some great wisdom the other day. He said, when, you're, when your spouse is correcting yeah. you, what you need to say is you're probably right, Yeah, right? And that's addressing that, you know what? I may be wrong, and I'm going to look at that and, and see how I can fix that, right? Yeah. You're probably right because what you're going to, and we talked about this before, the first thing you're going to do is look at yourself. Do I need to change? Yeah. Not look at everyone else first and look at your spouse before you look at yourself. So what all of this should convert to, to is that you're the one who's going to get up and change. You're the one who's going to take action. When something's not right, you fix it. Yeah, I love that. By the way, you said, uh, you know, don't go sending this podcast to your wife and, and think, saying, hey, you need to listen to this. Women, you can send it to your husband. I was about to say, and if you're a man, go ahead and send it to your wife and have her listen to it because what you're doing is you're saying, yeah, this is what I'm going to start being for you. <laughs> so I, I would love that. Yeah. Now, we're, we're getting ready to wrap up, but just to say, 
the benefit that that comes from all this there's like we said marriage is god's idea right and like like we touched on last week if you have things in god's order that's whenever you start getting the blessing of god and there's this amazing thing that happens whenever you start leading yourself well and leading your marriage you your values start aligning you start valuing the same things and there's this weird god math that happens where one plus one equals three and uh, I don't know how else to explain it. Aristotle called this synergy. There you go. Where the, where the sum of the parts becomes, yes. some of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. Right, where one plus one can equal three. And this uh, this is able to happen, right? And, and I, I teach this when I, when I teach on team and business, and it's the same way in a marriage. When everyone starts rowing in the same direction, and what that means in a marriage is that your values are aligned. Right. We think the same way. We have the same attitude. We have the same actions. We're both. And, and this is, again, one of the great models in my life for marriage is Pastor Keith at 15 years old with him and who was his girlfriend at the time, Pastor Sheila. He said, you be your best for God. I'll be my best for God. And we'll meet at the top. Yeah. Right. And they both started rowing in the same direction. And that's where synergy is created. Here's where marriages fail and fall apart. Right. They meet, they meet, you know, and they're looking eye to eye when they get married. They're looking eye to eye at the altar. And then they leave the altar and they start looking in different directions. Yeah. Right. And over time, they get a little bit further apart, a little bit further mm-hmm. apart. And 20 years later, they wonder, how did we get so far apart? Yeah. Because from the time you left the altar, you aligned yourself to different things. Mm. You had different values. But if you, at any point in your marriage, if you'll both look at each other and say, this is what we both want and what you should want is to, to become your best. And what you should want is to grow closer to God and become everything that he's created you to be. And if you'll both look at each other and say that your marriage will get closer and closer and deeper and deeper. Yes. I knew I wanted to marry Lindsay the first date that we went on. Called my dad that night and said, I, I met the woman that I want to marry. And I, and I told her that too, right? I told her that the next day. Um, but two, we were two weeks into our relationship and we were moving very fast. And I told her, like, I, I knew this is who I wanted to be with, all of that. And I said one thing to her. I said, here's the one way that this won't work. For the rest of my life, I'm going to continue to grow and develop. And I'm going to grow closer to God. And if you don't want to do that, this marriage won't work. Mm. Right. Because I know when, for the way that I am, not that I would quit, but that people would want to quit on me if you don't want to go where I want to go. Yeah. Right. And so, and she, and obviously she's bought into that and we are continuing to grow and we're continuing to grow closer to God, but you have to get aligned so that one plus one can equal three. Mm. Why would you enter into a relationship where you're both going to become less of yourselves? Yeah. Right. Why don't you have a vision for a marriage where you both become greater than you were before? I love that. All right, so your challenge for the week, guys, uh, and this is for you, men. I want you to find one way you can better serve your spouse today and do it. Do it today. Don't make it some something that's, that's like, oh, I can't do it re- uh, again tomorrow. Do it for the next seven days. Find something, whether that's making her a cup of coffee, sending her a, a, a I love you text first thing in the morning, you know, giving her a kiss, giving her a massage. There are simple things you can do every day to better serve your wife. So good. And I just want to say again, women, feel free to send this to your husbands. But men, if you send this to your wife, I want you to send this to your wife only because you're saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this way. Love it. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. 
you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plunges should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.